I wanna announce something just real briefly here. Starting June 6th, um, we are having a, um, we're, we're, we're starting a new class called Kingdom Lifestyle Training. It's gonna start at 8.30 in the morning, um, beginning June 6th. And uh, it's gonna be right here at the church. The cost is $30. Uh, and that just simply covers your material. Um, there will be something for, for children that morning as well as teenagers. Uh, or teenagers can join the class as well. It's not a problem. But this class, um, it's, it's, it's a new discipleship program and study that we're studying, that we're going to fire up here from now until the cows come home. Okay? It's called Kingdom Lifestyle Training. And how many of you guys want to have a lifestyle of the kingdom of God activated in your life? Yeah, amen. Well, this first set of courses is going to last eight weeks, and we're teaching a class called Translating God, okay? And what that really means is um, it, it teaches us about the prophetic Word of God, what it means to prophesy, what it means to hear the voice of the Lord, what it means to um, be accountable when you share something, um, because there's just, just a lot of prophetic words, especially in these days and age, that are out there saying all kinds of weird stuff, Right? And the Bible says that in the last days, there'll be false prophets that rise up. So if there has to be false ones, then there has to be real ones, right? And these prophets, it's, it, you might say, well, I don't want to be a prophet. That's not what this is all about. This class is really very practical. It's a training class just to get you activated in what it means to hear the voice of the Lord, to follow through with what God says, and to take steps of the kingdom. And uh, Nate Becker is going to be teaching this class on Sunday mornings at 830. And I would love for you to participate in that. Registration is open now. You have to register for the class. You can't just come to it. Okay. Um, you have to register for the class because we have to know how much material to do. Um, class, uh, the registration will end um, two weeks prior before the class actually starts. We want to make sure that we have enough material for every um, to be there. So you have to register for the class, pay for it. All right. And, uh, <clears throat> and come to it. Okay. There'll be activation times. You, you'll not just sit, you'll, you'll learn, but you'll also be activated in training. We'll give you, uh, um, the opportunity to, uh, express yourself and to actually do some prophetic ministry, um, there in class. It's a very, very safe place. So I just encourage you to join us, um, for that. That starts June 6th. I'm gonna say June 6th. Translating God. You good? And we do all this according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what this is all about. It's not necessarily about we just want you to know more or we want you to, um, we want you to get filled up. You know, all those things will happen, but it really is an equipping, an equipping to do the work, right? <clears throat> Because let me just say this to you right now, there's no plan B when it comes to the church, right? There's, there's, there's no plan B. It's you, okay, and it's me. This is it. You guys ready for this mission, right? You guys ready for the mission that God has set us and commissioned us to do to be like him in the middle of this culture, in the middle of this world? Because there is no other opportunity. This is it right now. And I feel like we're, we're about ready to launch in a very, very, very impactful, powerful way, the church in this culture. There was a period of time in history where the church was actually leading the culture. The culture followed the church. And somewhere down the road, that got shifted with separation of church and state and all these kinds of things. But let me just tell you, despite what laws are out there, God is going to bring the church back to a leading role in our nation. In our nation, I believe that. It's going to be different. It's going to look different, 
right? But none, nonetheless, God is going to do that. And I love the church. How many of you guys love the church? I love the church. I love the ups and downs of the church. I love the ebbs and flows of church life. I love all the people that are in the meat and potato church, you know, and the fruits and nuts people in the church. You guys know what I'm talking about? Do I have to explain what that is? Okay, good. I was hoping that I didn't have to. But I love it all. Every, every single um, um, personality, everything. Why is that? Because really, I love the church because the church really is a true reflection of Christ here on this earth. We are simply a mirror of who Christ is on this church. Yes, you point to yourself, okay, and say, yep, me. Come on, yeah, me, um, all my flaws, all the good things, all the bad things, you are called the church. You're called the church. That's you. That's who you are. And we're called to represent him. I am a firm believer that everyone wants a king like Jesus. It just depends on how we're representing this king to the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 44, uh, 45 through 49 says, So it is written, the first Adam became a living being. Okay, you guys with me? We're talking about Adam and Eve, okay? The last Adam, that being Jesus, was a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural did, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man is of heaven. And as was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so are those of the heaven. And just as we have been born the image of the earthly man, this is where we're going to camp for a little bit. Just as we've been born the image of an earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. We are here to bear the image of Jesus Christ to the world that we live in every day. Now, let me just share this with you. When I say the word world, Everyone thinks gigantic, big, going to India, which I think it's amazing that Jordan said yes, because your yes simply invites God's more for your life. And so when you say yes to the purposes and the things of God, God takes you, even if you're not quite as sharp as you think that you are or that you'd like to be, God takes you and begins to mold and shape and begins to use you for his purposes in a very impactful way. But when I say the world, what I'm talking about is the world that you live in. The simple six feet around you is your world. You guys got me? The simple six feet around you, if you were to spread your arms, maybe some of you have T-Rex arms and they're a little like this, Okay. But as far as your radius goes, that is the world. The things in your atmosphere, the things in your touch, the things within where you can make an impact, that is your world. And let me just tell you, God has called you to represent him in your world because you are the church. Because you are the church. I heard the Lord say to me that the church is coming back stronger more spirit-filled, and to be honest with you, it's going to look different than what it was before. Amen? I see God moving the church into a more unified role. However, that will mean different things to different people. But God wants to move, listen, God wants to move through one unit as one voice in these in the fourth quarter of when I believe God is coming back. I've been around church all of my life. Who's with me? I grew up in the pews of the Assemblies of God Church. 
I used to draw pictures on the back of the offering envelopes. That's why I never get mad at your kids for doing that. One time I found probably eight or 10 of them with all hangman on there, okay? And I go, praise God, at least kids are in church, right? I never get upset about it, never get mad about it, none, none of those things. I do get a little frustrated when you leave your coffee spilled on the floor, I'll just be honest with you, but I still think you're amazing. <laughs> I grew up in church, and I've heard this all of my life, Jesus is coming back soon. How many of you guys would agree with that? That Jesus, I've heard it all my life, but I can't tell you how real that is in today's world than it was 20 years ago when I heard it preached from the pulpit. It is more real now than it ever has been before. Now, we're always in a constant state of waiting for the Lord to return, but I believe that God is coming back very soon for a church that's pure and spotless, right? Very, very soon. And what he's commissioned us to do is to preach the gospel, win souls, and make disciples. That's what he's commissioned you to do with this thing called the kingdom of God. See, I believe that over the last year, because of COVID, ugh, COVID. Didn't it just ruin everything? I'm sorry if you were affected by that in a negative way. I, 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 am, I, do, I do feel bad for you, but I think actually COVID um, offered us a great opportunity to reset, to come back to what's normal. And I'm gonna hit on that here at the end of my message. To come back to what was something that we needed to come back to, the practicals, the, the pragmatics of Christianity, what was important. What are the things that, are, that, that we should walk out on our everyday life? You see, God gave us the opportunity to reset. What we did with that reset is up to us. Maybe some of you throughout the whole year of COVID just simply complained and, and griped and just about this and this and that without refocusing your attention to God. Without refocusing that, I want you to know that there's still time to do that. There's always time to do that. But God had given us the perfect opportunity to reset so we can refocus to relaunch. Come on, somebody. So we can reset to refocus to relaunch. God gave us the reset. I'm not saying God gave us COVID. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he provided an opportunity for us to reset, to remember the things that were most important so we can refocus our attention back to God, the kingdom of God, so we can relaunch and see the church have its greatest comeback in the history of this world. Because we are at that place, my friends. We're at the point right now where we're about ready to relaunch in a way where we're gonna see the greatest things happen this year, beginning this year, this new era year. We're gonna begin to see the greatest things take place and beyond to see God move in a very powerful way. We're gonna make it look, the book of Acts look dry. For the next few weeks, we're gonna be diving into this thing called the comeback of the church. Adrian. It's funny when I was growing up, I watched Rocky movies. I'll get to that later, but I, uh, my brother's name was Adrian. He's probably watching right now. So, <laughs> and, uh, so I used to walk around the house going, yo, Adrian. <laughs> I believe we're about ready for the greatest comeback of the church. So for the next few weeks, we're gonna be diving into 
what it means to be the church. Today, we're gonna be talking about you are the church. Next week, we're gonna be talking about we are the church. More specifically, talking about local church and why local church is important. And then the week after that, we're gonna be talking about the global church, the church of Jesus Christ, not of the Latter-day Saints, but the church of Jesus Christ, the church, the, the, the church all over the world and what it means to live in unity. So let's get into you are the church. You guys ready? First Corinthians chapter 15, it says that we are a reflection upon the earth. The church, us, me and you, we are a reflection. But what makes up the church is the people. Yes, the people. You guys remember? Here's the thin, here's the steeple, here's the open the people, right? God's idea and plan for you and for me has never changed. It's never changed from the very beginning of mankind. It has never changed. And that is to be a reflection of Christ while here on earth, to live and to operate with healing, manifestations of his glory, and bringing grace and mercy into every situation that we encounter. Inside of you, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, you were co-buried with him, amen? And then the Bible says you were, you were, you were, you were co-crucified, you were co-buried, and therefore you are co-resurrected with him. Meaning that you have the same spirit that raised him from the dead lives inside of you. So what should be following you if you are a believer here this morning is signs, wonders, and miracles and manifestations of God's power and glory following you. That's what the Bible says. A lot of people want to debate and they want to try to come up with reasons why things don't happen. But the reality is this. The word of God says that these things shall follow to the, will follow everyone who believes. I want miracles to follow me. Amen. I'm, I don't want to just chase them. I want them to chase me. I don't want to just run after them. I want them to run after me. Not because of me but because of Christ in me and because of Christ in you. You see, I believe the church really is in its finest hour. We really are in the comeback of the century of this world. So you and me are the church in operation here on earth. So let's talk about what this means. I am the church. Nowhere in scripture will you ever find I am the church just doesn't exist. It's a phrase that people have coined to, to, to illustrate what it means to be a believer that's activated by the kingdom of God in your life. So let's talk about what this means. Before we talk about what it means, let's talk about what it's not, what it doesn't mean. What does the term, I am the church, what it, what it doesn't mean? First of all, by saying I am the church, it does not mean that you are a lone ranger on an island. It doesn't mean that you are somebody who can just do this on your own. There's a lot of people who feel that way. There's a lot of people who believe that way. There's a lot of people who say, I don't need to go to church because I am the church. You guys ever heard that before? I don't need to go to church because I am the church. And they feel that they can, they can, they can just go and then do it on themselves and do it on their own. And I don't need anybody to partner with. Let me just express this to you and encourage you today that God never intended you to live this life and to walk out this relationship with God alone, never. From the very beginning, God, it was, it was uh, hear me this, God created man, amen? And then he said, it's not good for man to be alone. 
It's not good for man to be alone. Yes, we need our one-on-one with Jesus. But God, from the very beginning, his intention was always for you to be together, to have unity with one another. Why? Because we're all part of a body. Every single one of us is part of a body. And I love it when these people, they say, we don't need to go to a church building to have church. I actually believe that. But what they mean is, the church is so broken. It's such a broken system. There's such hypocrites in that church. So what we're going to do is we're going to show the church what it means, and we're going to meet in our house. I'm not against house churches. I'm not against house gatherings. I'm not against any of those things. But all these people gather in their homes, and they say, we don't need to go to church. And I'm like, hey, knucklehead, you're in a church right there because you're with people. No, what happens a lot of the times when people say these kinds of things and they do these kinds of things and they act this kind of things, usually this statement, I am the church, really stems out of a spirit of independence or out of a separatist mentality. It often comes out of the mentality of those who are turned off by corporate gatherings or those who have simply suffered some type of church hurt in their lives. No one is opposed to any of those things. Absolutely, I'm not, this church isn't. But what we want to do is offer the opportunity for you to get healed. If you have been to a church where they have hurt you before, in some way, shape, or form, I want you to know that God is here to heal your heart. And this is a perfect safe space for you to come before him and be transparent and allow him to heal you. But you have to surrender. You have to surrender. God no longer wants you to be in prison anymore by the hurt that you once felt. Listen, church life, okay, and church people is a great way to express patience with people. Amen? It's a great way for us to express grace and mercy and all of these things. But when people get so caught up in themselves, what happens a lot of the time is they get hurt and they go, well, that church and that church. I want you to know something. If this kind of stuff happens all over the place, but that still doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan and a purpose for his people in the church. God uses hurt and broken people to be an expression of who he is here on this planet. And that's you and that's me. So what does this I am the church really mean? See, the church will always be about the people in unity, the people together. It'll always mean the people together. See, the Bible talks about togetherness. And we're gonna get into this a little bit more next week, but here's just a little sneak peek of kind of what we're gonna be diving into and talking about. This is pretty meaty stuff if you take it this way. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 18, it says, for the body is not one part, but it's many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I, I am not a part of the body. And it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has arranged the parts, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. 
If they were all one part, where would the body be? Man, what a great, great portion of scripture. See, all these things point to what it means to be the church. All individuals, individual parts, working together to advance the kingdom of God. To advance the kingdom of God. I will say this real quick because I sense the Holy Spirit say this to me. There are times where you should leave a church. And those times are when you, um, when they're preaching false doctrine. Run, run. If they only want to tell you what you want to hear, get out. Yeah, amen. It's okay to do that. We don't turn our back from the idea of church. We simply refocus, reset to refocus, to relaunch our ideas back to him. So this term, I am the church, what it really means is to identify, you identify as an agent of the kingdom of God here on earth, representing God with others doing the same together. So you saying, I am the church, what you're really saying is, I identify as a secret agent, secret agent, man. (laughs) You identify as a secret agent or an agent that advances the kingdom of God with other people who feel the same way. That is the church. That is how you can say, I am the church. You see, God's purposes here on earth, they're gonna be fulfilled no matter what happens. They're gonna, they're gonna be fulfilled. I love, I love the story of Darren Wilson. If you guys don't know who Darren Wilson is, Darren Wilson created a bunch of movies. God, he made, he, it started off with this movie called Finger of God. And then it kind of just launched off into this whole documentary series of what God's doing all over the world. And I remember talking to him over lunch one time and he said, I said, so how did you, how did you come about to do this? Like, what was your idea? And he says, he's like, you know, to be honest with you, I, I'm really not qualified. I was a professor at a, at a college. He was actually, didn't even believe in the supernatural or the things of God at all. He said, but God challenged me. And he says, I was the only one. He, he, he asked the Lord, he said, God, why, why did you choose me? He's like, well, you know, Darren, you weren't my first choice. <laughs> True story. He said, you're actually my fifth choice, but you're the only one that said yes. But you're the only one that said yes. See, God's purposes here on earth will be fulfilled no matter what. But because God loves you and me so much, he loves us so much, not only did he die for us, but he also calls us, not only were we co-crucified, not only were we co-buried, not only were we co-resurrected, the Bible says that we are co-workers with him. The Bible puts it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You're God's building. The NIV says we are co-workers in Christ. The King James Version says we are co-labors with him. The highlight word is co. We are together with him, advancing the kingdom of God together with other people. That's how we can say that I am the church. So what's this look like in real world action? What does this look like? I am the church. Well, Let me just suggest to you this morning that everyone here loves 
a visit, yeah? If you said no, then I'm not gonna visit you, okay? Everyone here loves visits. Everyone here loves a special touch out of the ordinary. When someone doesn't expect it and you show up on their doorstep or you, 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 you think of them, everyone loves to be thought of specially, right? And I know that there's people right now in this room who have needs that need to be met. And so traditional church says, pastor, this person has a need, you should probably go see them. I'm saying to you, this is how God's flipping the script, right? I'm saying to you, you be the church and go visit them. You be the church and go and set up a meal train for them. You be the church, see the need, meet the need. Don't just call the the, the church and say, hey, XYZ needs help moving. No, you set up someone to move and help them out. You be the church because everyone loves to be pastored. Everyone loves to be visited. Everyone loves all these things. And God is saying and calling you to step into the role of being an agent of the advancement of the kingdom of God in this world. And that's just a small part of it. God saying, you step into that role. But pastor, I don't know enough. I didn't go to seminary. You don't have to go to seminary to make a meal for somebody. Some of you should take cooking classes though. And when I say that, I mean me. Listen, if I'm making a meal for you, I'm going to Pizza Ranch, all right? Just to let you know that. <laughs> But that's just a small way how we can be an agent of the advancement of the kingdom of God. Another way we can do this is what we're gonna be teaching on June 6th is listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and obeying what God says. Well, I don't see a need around me. That's fine. All you gotta do is ask God and he'll begin to show you what that is. He'll begin to tell you. Some of us haven't even prayed for an opportunity to share and to be an agent of the kingdom of God in our world that we live in. And that might be the first step for some of us is to pray and ask God, God, how can I be used this week? You guys like this? This is a good word, man. Because if we wanna see the kingdom of God advance, it's gonna take us, it's not gonna take me. It's not gonna take this church, it's gonna take you being the church. That's what it's going to take. The basics of Christianity can be summed up in this. Number one, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself and love your enemy like you do love God. But also, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey what he says. That means you will have to walk in a life of surrender. So when you're at the grocery store and you walk in, let me tell you what I do when I go to a grocery store. Yep, I got to shop and I'm a guy, right? I don't shop, I get. You guys know what I'm saying? Right? I don't go there and go, oh, I need to get cucumbers. No, I get a cucumber. I don't even look at it. I saw this one woman one time at Aldi, right? She went to go get apples. And she's sitting there looking through all the apples, going like this, smelling the apples. 
I was like, man, you are a shopper. You go, girl. But I don't want to be near you when that happens, right? True story. That actually happened. And so you're at the grocery store and I walk in and I get, but I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, before I get, what do you want me to do? And I promise you, if you ask God, he will always provide an opportunity. Now the assignment rests on you to obey. Now you have to, when he speaks, you have to do it because that's how miracles, signs, and wonders follow you by obedience and surrender to the Lord. Amen. That's a good word. Wasn't even my notes. We pray all the time for revival. And I believe, like Pastor Steve said, that we are in one of the greatest revivals this world's going to see. I really, truly believe that to the core of who I am. With signs, wonders, miracles, people coming to know Jesus right now, they're on the streets right now. There's hundreds of people coming to know Jesus. Literally hundreds of people coming to know Jesus. God's doing it. But I'll say this to you. We can pray for revival all day long to, for God to drop glory bombs on our city when God's just waiting for you to be the glory bomb to your world, to your city. That's it. At the Mexican restaurant before you leave, just make it a goal even to ask, can I pray with you for something? That's it. Just ask. You may not even heard the Lord say that to you, but just ask. Hey, can I pray with you about something? And they'll go, no, then leave a good tip. Don't be that person, okay? But just ask. That's all you have to do. That's it. I love boxing movies, don't you? I'm just about done, so bear with me. See, I am the church. I believe that we're in the greatest comeback ever. And we're in this fight, amen? The world is trying to dictate to us how we should respond and how we should live. There's a, there's a, a bill that's being voted on here very soon. I'm gonna show a video of it next week. It's called the Equality Act. It's called the HR5 bill. We need to absolutely reject that because it's going to diminish our religious freedoms. Please do some research and please study what that means. Okay? Because next week I'm going to show a video on it, how we can get involved. We need to call our senator, Senator Johnson. I already done this, okay? I just want everyone to know that. I already did this. We need an email. We need a contact. I'm saying, please vote no on this bill. Because the world literally wants to dictate how we should respond and how we should live. And that's not how it should be. We're gonna to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna do what the word of God says despite the outcome of what that is. But we are in a fight. And over the last year, we took some beatings. But I'm telling you right now, if we get back to the basics of what it means to love God, serve God, and be with him, we're gonna come back even stronger. I love Rocky movies, man. They are my favorite. It's, it's kind of like, and I said this this morning, and it, and, 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 and it made sense to me when I said it, so I'll say it again. Rocky movies are like Hallmark shows for girls. 
I know what's gonna happen. I know the storyline. I know what's gonna take place at the end. But every time I watch one, I always go, yeah! I always go, yes! I was watching TV yesterday with my wife and she had a Hallmark show on and I said, let me just tell you what's gonna happen. And then she says, no, you got it wrong. They, they went to a wedding and not supper, okay? I went, okay. It's so predictable. But every single time I watch one, I go, oh, come on. Let me put on a glove. Let me just, ooh. You know what I mean? I could watch a Rocky movie anytime and be okay. There was one, I believe it was Rocky V. Don't quote me on that, but I think it is. Where a Russian, right, was, was coming over to the United States to prove that he was the best fighter in the world, that he was gonna stand up for his nation and, his, and where he lived in his country and say, this is, we are the best fighters in the world. So at that time, Apollo Creed, you guys with me? You guys tracking with me? Okay, Apollo Creed was like, oh yeah, we're gonna show you. I'm giving you the condensed version of this, okay? Yeah, we're gonna show you. So Apollo Creed says, I'll fight you, Russian. Does anybody remember the Russian's name in that movie, what the, what the name was? If you're here for service, don't say it. His name was Ivan Drago. Your way drip. And so here's Ivan. He doesn't say a word, but he's been lifting. He's been exercising. He's been going to all this like stuff, just super hungry to prove himself that he's the best fighter in the world. So Paul Creed says, bring it. I'm ready to rock and roll. Right? Paul Creed doesn't do any training, extremely distracted, and doesn't do anything to prepare for the fight. You guys catch where I'm going? right? Doesn't do anything to prepare for the fight. It comes down, this big, uh, this big gigantic um, thing was playing, and, and it's, you know, boom. And then later on that fight, it only took one round, Ivan Drago knocked him out and actually killed Apollo Creed in the ring. So Rocky, I'm going to get you back, comes over and avenges Apollo Creed, the original Avenger. I'm so glad you got that. <laughs> Comes over and avenges Apollo Creed. But instead of going through all the things, there was a scene in the movie where, where he was talking with this trainer and the trainer says, if you want to fight and beat this Russian Ivan Drago, you've got to go back to the basics. You have to go back to where it started. You have to go back to what made you hungry to win the fight. So Rocky travels to Russia, does all of his training in the snow, and this is what happened. But here's the thing, as we close today, in order to be that true agent that God has called us to be in the kingdom of God to advance what he's called us to be, some of us need to get back to the basics. Some of us need to get back to the place where our first love, Jesus Christ, refires in our heart. Maybe over the last year you've been distracted. Maybe the last few weeks you've been distracted. Maybe, but let me just tell you, church, we are back in the ring. We are back in the ring. And we're going to go out there and we're going to win souls and make disciples no matter the cost, no matter what it takes. So the real question is here this morning is 
What is it in your life that maybe you need to go back to basics? What is it in your life that you need to get back and not be so distracted, but reset to refocus so we can relaunch? What is it that we need to do to get back to the basics? And you only you can answer that. So as we close our eyes and we bow our heads this morning, this morning you're here and you're saying, you know what, Pastor? I've been distracted. There's been things that I've allowed me to distract my walk with God. But I'm ready to reset, to refocus, to relaunch, to get back into the ring, to affect the six feet around me everywhere I go. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to obey. I'm ready to surrender whatever it is in my life to Jesus so I can continue to be an agent of the kingdom of God because I am the church, a reflection of Jesus Christ to the world. If you're here, you're like, Pastor, just pray for me, man. I want to read. Look, I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I'm not going to ask you to lay on the floor. I'm going to ask you to make a solid decision in your heart to say, This week, I will do something different. I will do something basic for me to come back to my first love for Jesus. You're going to have to decide that. And I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. But if you're here this morning and you don't know who Jesus Christ is personally, you don't know him one-on-one. -on -one. You, you haven't had a relationship with him, but you're like, you know what, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, man. I wanna get right with Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, I don't know your story. All I know is that Jesus knows your story and he's here for you. If that's you and you want Jesus and you wanna commit your life to him, will you just simply raise your hand real quick and put it right back down if that's you. Is there anybody here? It says, that's me, Pastor. Thank you so much. There's one. Anybody else? There's, there's two. Thank you so much. Anybody else says, that's me, Pastor, pray for me. Hallelujah. Two people responded this morning. Come on, somebody. So here's the thing. With everyone repeating this prayer after me, so that way we can mean it in our hearts towards him, I'm simply a guide, and that's all I'm going to do is guide you into prayer. But just repeat this after me and mean it with all your life. And then right after service, Pastor Lupe, he's right back there. He's got a booklet that he wants to give you so we can start this new journey with Christ with you. Or there's a number on the screen you can text, you get the same book. But with your heart, will you pray with me out loud? Say, Father, forgive me my sin. Come into my life. Will you make me brand new? And from this day forward, Despite anything I've done in the past, I am a new person. And I love you. I commit myself to you. And I surrender all that I am to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. Can we just give it up for Jesus? He's awesome. I challenge you, go this week, do something different. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Obey what he's got to say. And let's be the glory bombs to our city. Amen.